0: Welcome back Ascenders to the Ascended Thoughts Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Crane. Okay, so what I'm going to be talking about today is going to be a little bit controversial, but it was inspired on a whim. I was in the shower, for anyone that cared, and was like, oh my goodness, I've got something here and quickly jumped out and then hit record. And I want to use this as an opportunity to talk about mental health and the fact that so many of your... (sighs) Ooh, I gotta, I gotta think real carefully about how I say this. Um, the professionals that you are going to, in my opinion, are misdiagnosing you. Now, here's the thing. I want to start by saying that I am not a licensed professional at all. I have no medical background at all. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend or claim that I do. But what I do have is... A whole lot of spirituality and I do work with a lot of you and I have been doing so for for years and I've seen a lot of things in my own sort of practice and so um, a lot of what I'm going to say is purely based off of my own observations as well as my own personal experience around mental health and what I have come to realize is that a lot of you I do believe have been misdiagnosed and This is coming up because I I work with so many of you and you'd be amazed at the amount of sessions that start with people apologizing me and saying, oh, I'm so sorry, but I have anxiety. I have anxiety. I have anxiety disorder. Or I'm so sorry, but I have depression. Or I'm so sorry, I have PTSD or I have panic disorder or or schizoid or, or literally anything that you can think of that is considered a mental health disorder. Trust me when I tell you, I have had clients that have been diagnosed with all of it. And then when I talk to them and I spend time with them, I start to realize like, I don't think that this is your problem. What I think at the end of the day, I think you're just sad. I don't think you have depression, I think you're just sad. And I think that you have been trying to tell people that you feel a little sad and no one's listening to you. And what they have done is convinced you that you have some form of depression or something is wrong with you. Whenever you go and you see a therapist and you talk to them about the things that make you sad, they diagnose you and they put you on medication, and then they and 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 they don't sit there and think to themselves, maybe this person is sad. They pull out a textbook, and then they start trying to figure out what's happening in your brain instead of going, you know what? Something really traumatic happened to you. Something really traumatic happened to you, and that one thing really sucked. And I understand that right now you're just sad, right? And so you walk away. From these people going, oh my God, that's it! I actually have a problem. I have, I have clinical depression. No, I think a lot of you are just sad, and so I wanna, I wanna share um, some of my, my own story before I continue because I really want you guys to understand that this is not coming from a place of, of a high horse. I have no horse here. This is coming from personal experience and observation from working with so many of you. I, at one time, was diagnosed myself. At one time in my life, I was also heavily at, um, uh, uh, medicated. I was diagnosed with clinical depression, um, anxiety disorder. I was also diagnosed with PTSD, and I was di- in diagnosed with panic disorder. And I spent a good portion of my life, one, thinking I was mentally ill and that I was sick, right? I also spent a good period of time worrying about triggering a panic attack. And then so I would get a panic attack, and I would panic about the thought of actually panicking because someone told me that I had a problem with panicking, right? Right. I had all of this anxiety medication. I was heavily doped up. Ativan was my drug of choice. I was also on the Zoloft for the depression. Heavily, heavily, heavily doped up. And then I actually reached a point in my life where I was so low because there were so many traumatic things that was happening in my life and I thought that I was so sick because the doctors were telling me that I was, right? I had a psychologist and a psychiatrist. I have been tranquilized before. I have been held before. I have also um, run down the streets barefoot, screaming at the top of my lungs. Um, So that is where, you know, in public, by the way. So that's, you know, I was in a place and because I was doing those things, I thought to myself, you know what, they're right. I am sick. Something is wrong with me. Something has to be wrong with me. And then it progressed and it got to a point where I was dependent on these drugs. Um, There was a point in my life where I had moved overseas, I had moved to the UK, And I remember being so panicked, not because I was moving to a different country, because I was like, oh my God, how am I gonna refill my Zoloft? How am I gonna refill my anxiety medication? And one of the first things I did when I got to the UK was try to find a GP that could write me a script because I was convinced that I needed these drugs to function because these doctors had told me that I was sick. And then I fell more into that pattern And then because it wasn't working, and I know now that that wasn't what was wrong with me, right? That's why these drugs don't really work. That's why you could take them for years and the problem doesn't solve the stuff is because these drugs act as a band-aid, right? But these drugs are not actually going after the root cause of the issue to begin with. Then I started popping my pills with a shot of vodka. So I would wake up in the morning and go, okay, it's time to take my my anxiety medication. It's time to take my depression medication. And I would down it with, instead of water, I would use vodka. And I had a, a, a place in my life too where I was drinking really heavily and I was smoking a lot of weed. And I was just always under the influence of something. I was always drugged up. Because at that point, I was in a place where I had been convinced that in order for me to function properly in the world that I had to be high on something. And a lot of that was fed because all of these doctors, these therapists or whatever was telling me that I was sick and that I was ill and that I could not function. And so I went a large part of my life believing that I could not function. And tons of emotional outbursts. You know, there's been times where, you know, I I would get so angry that I would temporarily lose my vision. And, you know, luckily I'm not like that these days. These days I'm a, a way more calm and way more zen. And if you asked my family to describe me, they would be like, oh yeah, she's really chill. She's really calm, cool, collected. Cause that's what I am these days. Cause I was able to figure out what the root cause of my problem was and then tackle it, right? But because I wasn't solving the problem, I had thought that I was just mentally crazy. Right? So here I am walking around the world thinking I'm crazy. A guy would wanna date me and I'm like, oh, are you sure you wanna do this? I have a mental health disorder. And how many of you have done that? How many of you, and I know you have because I talked to you, have 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 gone to date someone and you you, you you start the relationship with an apology and then you tell them all about your mental health disorders as if that somehow disqualifies you as a suitable partner and then you hope that this person accepts that you're sick right and then you continue going on thinking it was sick but now that i have moved on you know cuz a lot of this started this was almost about 10 years ago now right so i'm just in a different place in my life when i look back on what was going on at my time in my life i can tell you exactly what the problem was the problem was i was sad i was not depressed i was sad i was not anxious i was grieving at that time in my life when i had got diagnosed my sister had been murdered I had to identify her body in a morgue and I had to see her body with gunshot wounds and I had to see a white tag on her foot. And about three months later, my mother dropped dead and that woman was the light of my world. My father was never in my life. I always had a really small knit family. It was just a handful of us. My grandfather and my grandmother had all passed away. I was not close with any cousins or aunts or uncles. And the one surviving sister that I had told me that she didn't care if I died because we already had a sister that had died. And she didn't care if she lo- she lost another one and then she blocked me. So all of a sudden I was this 20 year old girl who was grieving and who was homeless, crazy enough. Because one thing I-, I didn't know at 20 is that when your mother dies and you live in your mother's house, because that was the house you grew up in, that was your childhood home. You become responsible for the mortgage. And if you can't pay a mortgage, you can't live in the house. And at that time, at 20 years old in college, I had no idea what to do with the mortgage. So all of a sudden, I didn't have a home, right? I had a, a cute little car that I had that my mother paid for so I can get back and forth college. All of a sudden, I couldn't have that car anymore, right? Technically, it was stolen, right? And everything I had, all of a sudden, I had nothing, I had nothing, I had no family. I had no home, I had no money. And so when I ran out in the street barefoot, screaming at the top of my lungs, it was because I was in shock and I was in pain. And when I ran to go seek help, And that I ended up at a therapist. I don't know how I got there, but that's where I went, went, right? Because society teaches you that when you have large emotional outbursts, that's where you're supposed to go because maybe you're crazy. I went and then I was held. And I was under suicide watch. And instead of somebody just giving me a hug and saying, it will be okay, they told me I was sick. They told me I had depression. They told me I had anxiety. They told me I had a panic. Of course I had a panic attack. Everyone died. Doesn't mean I have panic disorder. Everyone died. I was homeless. (laughs) I had no money. Am I not supposed to panic? (laughs) And I can laugh about this now because I've done a substantial amount of of, of healing, but am I not supposed to panic? Like my whole world just flashed before my eyes. Everything changed in a blink of an eye. Am I not supposed to be upset? Am I not supposed to have an emotional outburst? And guess what? Society says you're not supposed to have an emotional outburst. And so all of a sudden they hit me. They gave me these, this medication. I was heavily tranquilized. I couldn't react if I wanted to react. I was so doped up that I couldn't have done anything if I wanted to do so, right? All of a sudden I think I'm depressed. No, I'm not depressed. I'm sad, okay? Okay. I'm grieving. <laughs> Like, I'm a little sad right now. And I should be, and I should be sad because that is a normal reaction. But that is not what society teaches you. People go through so many things in their life. They come from a troubled home. They're in a place where they're continuously ostracized, constantly being yelled at, always being bullied, going through assault, sexual assault. And they come out of those experiences and someone tells them that they are mentally sick. How dare they? How dare they tell you that you are sick Because what you are feeling is sadness. There are so many of you, I promise you, that do not have a legitimate mental illness. And again, I'm going to preface this by, or, well, it's not a preface anymore because I'm already talking, but I am going to say that I recognize the fact that I do not have any sort of medical qualifications, whatever, right? And I also understand that chemical compounds, yada, 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 in the brain, yada, 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 and that... For some people, the chemical compounds are probably all out of whack, yada, 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 yada. But you know what? When I was in that moment in my life, my chemical compounds were out of yak or out of whack. I can't talk now. Out of whack because I I just went through the hardest thing, one of the hardest things that I would ever have to experience in life. My dopamine is supposed to be firing correctly. I'm sorry. You know, excuse me. Let me have a moment with my brain right? What you, what I experienced was a very normal reaction to a very messed up scenario. And what so many of you experience are very normal reactions to very messed up scenarios. I speak to so many of you who say to me, oh my God, you know, I'm so sorry. I, you know, I have anxiety disorder. But then you you go and start telling me all the things that are happening in your life. And I'm like, girl, like, I'm sorry. Are you supposed to be like, doing cartwheels like (laughs) like you're telling me your story and i'm like yeah you know what that sucks actually i probably wouldn't feel very great either and what we have what we have done is 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 taken normal responses and normal emotional reactions to stimulus and we have called them sickness disease illnesses and we are giving people these labels and these people walk around believing that they are nothing more than their label, that they are genuinely mentally ill when they're not, when they're not, when they're just sad. And one thing I have learned in my practice is that you'd be amazed at how much a hug can solve. Sometimes people don't need a script. Sometimes people just need a hug. To this day, I don't take any... um, any 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 drugs any anxiety medications no de- no um uh, nothing for depression i don't smoke weed i barely drink um and when i came off all, all of my mental health, sort of health medications um i did come off cold turkey and I could tell you what the trigger for that was. I was, again, I was in a place of grief and my mediumship was starting to kick in. So I was starting to see figures moving in the room, dark figures, dark shadows, and that's kind of how it starts. And so I had went to go see someone again, I had went to a counselor, cause like what, you know, society teaches you that that's what you do, that's where you go. And so I did what society told me that I was supposed to do because at this point, again, I'm believing I'm mentally sick, right? And so I went there. And so, you know, I'm talking to the counselor and I'm telling her about my experiences and the shadows and whatever. And she tried to suggest that um, I may be schizophrenic. And I remember in that moment, I snapped out of it so hard. I remember thinking what you are not going to do is hospitalize me because I know I'm not there. I know that that is not what this is. Like, how could you suggest, like, I'm telling you, everything I've been through and you looked at me and suggest that I'm schizophrenic (laughs) like and it was in that moment where it all clicked where I was like I'm not crazy and I remember I jumped up and I looked at her and I was like I'm not crazy I'm not crazy and like stop sitting here thinking I'm crazy I'm not crazy and she, of course, looked at me like, you know, how they look at you, like, there is nothing to 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 convince somebody more of your craziness and to yell at them and say, tell them <laughs> you're not crazy. And I ran out of there. And I remember being so concerned that they would hospitalize me knowing that that was not the situation, that I had actually called the up at the office and I was like, this is not going to continue. This is not a good working relationship for me. I cannot see that counselor anymore because what you're not gonna do is put me in a hospital. And it was in that moment after all of those years that had gone by, it was a first time where I was like, I'm not crazy. Like, I just need a hug. I just need a hug. I just need someone to look at me and tell me I'll be okay. I've been out here not knowing where I'm gonna live, not knowing how I'm gonna eat. And you're telling me I'm crazy because I'm upset and I'm emotionally reactive. Just hug me. And at that point, it was this moment where it clicked, where I was like, oh, imagine the amount of problems you can solve in the world by just giving somebody a hug, by just embracing them with your heart center and in doing so deeply and loving them truly in that moment. Because in that moment, they don't feel it. In that moment, they don't feel seen and they don't feel heard. They're just sad. They're just sad. And all they need is someone to look at them and and say to them, I understand that you're sad. The validation, the validation in itself is enough to completely alter someone's circumstance. And I know that it is because I've seen it. I've seen it in my own practice. I've seen it. I have looked people in the face and I've said to people, you're not crazy. And you'd be amazed at what it could do to somebody. To know that one, they finally heard. And two, that finally they come across someone that does not think that they're crazy. When everybody else in their life has convinced them that there's something wrong with them. When there really is nothing wrong with them. People are going through it. People go through hard things. People lose everything. People lose, even if you lose your job. That is such a traumatic experience. The fallout from losing your job, from not having income. How are you gonna feed yourself? If you have a family, how are you gonna feed your family? Did you lose your place that you were living in? You're worried about if you're ever gonna be homeless, if you're gonna have a roof over your head. Like those things are traumatic experiences and it's enough of an experience that would provoke an emotional response. And sometimes that may be an emotional meltdown. But I'm sorry. Am I supposed to get fired and not respond? Is, is, is my mom supposed to die and I don't respond? Am I supposed to go through sexual assault and not respond? Am I supposed to be bullied for my whole life and not respond? You don't want me to respond. And society has convinced you that you're not supposed to respond. And when people become too emotionally responsive, then all of a sudden people become mentally ill. Not, you're not always anxious, right? It's not always that you have anxiety disorder. Sometimes maybe you're worried that something is gonna happen because it happened before, right? People that have anxiety when they go into large crowds, is it possible that last time you went into a large crowd, you got you got hurt? Is it possible that last time you went into a large crowd, um, you got lost? (laughs) Maybe you were a kid and you got lost and it was a traumatic experience. In the United States, large crowds unfortunately lead to mass shootings, okay? Do you wanna have that conversation or are you not ready? Maybe you are anxious because you are thinking about your mortality. Maybe you do not have anxiety disorder. Maybe you just don't want to die that day. Is, can, can that be an option? Could that be an option? Maybe you don't have panic disorder. Maybe there are just certain things that stress you out. Maybe you don't have panic disorder. Maybe you just know that when you go home, you're going to get bullied and you don't want to get bullied because it sucks. And maybe that causes you to feel a sense of panic. And maybe you feel panic because you don't feel safe. Like, I'm sorry, are you not supposed to have an emotional response? I know for some people listening to this, it's gonna sound controversial because it's going against the very fabric of everything that we have been taught when it comes to what mental health is and and what qualifies somebody as being mentally ill. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but have you like... Everybody these days have, has a mental disorder, mental health issue, right? I don't know, like it's a it's a thing. There are programs popping up in various workplaces, right, in order to address the situation. Everyone thinks that they have a mental health il- illness, and what I realize, and even in my workplace, right, because even in my place, I do have a professional job, right? I do deal with this on a professional level too. So my coaching isn't just spiritual; I do it a lot professionally in the in the real world, if you want to say it as well. And I see the same thing there. Right. People that have that come to work and they have really bad anxiety at work. And when I break it down and I pull it apart, I find out that really what the problem is, is that they're worried that their boss is gonna yell at them. The problem is that they're not getting along with their boss. It's a pandemic, and they're really afraid that maybe they'll get fired and they're concerned that they're gonna lose their income. And that is why they feel how they feel. Not because they have a real anxiety disorder but because the the potential loss of income worries them. And I think about it, should they not have a response? Should they not have an emotional response when they're concerned that they may not be able to feed their family? And I start to realize there's nothing wrong with a lot of people. A lot of people are just going through something and society is not sympathetic enough in order to acknowledge that. Because when people start acknowledging, when people get into this frequency of love and they start hugging people that are having a hard time and they start acknowledging that people are just having a hard time, that doesn't work for society, right? The last thing you want is for somebody to be in tune with their emotions because it doesn't help with the economy, right? You can't have somebody on a factory assembly line having emotional breakdown saying, oh my God, just give me five. Five minutes to be in tune with my emotions. now, because you can't make your bottom line. So what do you do? You dope them up, right? You turn them into zombies so they can continue to work a dead end job that they may lose. That low key is giving them stress because they don't want to lose the income. So I say all of this to say that I suspect that a number of you aren't really mentally ill. A number of you you are just sad. And I want you to know that not only do I hear you, not only do I feel you, but I also see you. And in this moment, I am also acknowledging I'm acknowledging your sadness. I'm acknowledging your grief. I'm acknowledging the fact that you feel like people have routinely overlooked you. I'm acknowledging the fact that you feel like that people sometimes don't love you and that people sometimes don't see you. I want you to know that in this moment, in this moment, I validate